it would be easy to see the Rams in the Super Bowl and the Packers sitting at home and say it's because Green Bay didn't go all in enough. That's not what happened. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team Bob. every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how today on the show Rachel Hotmayer from NBC 26 in Green Bay is with us to talk Packers offseason more on that in a little bit thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen of the day hope you enjoy starting your day with us as much as we enjoy starting your day with you there is going to be this prevailing narrative and the questions asked about whether or not the Packers did enough, whether or not they were aggressive enough to winning a Super Bowl because they lost. This is playing the outcome, not the process, for a couple of different reasons. Let's juxtapose what the Rams did to what the Packers did And if we're going to play the outcomes, let's play the outcomes. Let's not just start now. The Rams, starting a couple years ago, they go get Jalen Ramsey. They give up first round picks for Jalen Ramsey. Turns out Jalen Ramsey, really good player. They go out and they give up future first round picks for Matthew Stafford. Turns out Matthew Stafford, he can win some big games and help the the Rams do that. Although if Joukowsky Tart catches the arm punt of all arm punts, they're probably sitting at home right now and we're not we're not having this conversation. They go out and they trade multiple day two picks to get Von Miller. They pony up the dough for Odell Beckham Jr. Now, we have to stop right there. Odell Beckham Jr., his final two choices were Packers-Rams. The Rams offered him a contract. Green Bay could not match. We talked about this at the time. Maybe it's maybe it's worth repeating. If the, the bonuses that were in there for Odell Beckham were not likely to be earned for the Rams because of how their playoff season ended the year before, they were likely to be earned in Green Bay. Therefore, Green Bay did not have the salary cap space to offer those incentives. That's a big deal. We're talking about three quarters of a million dollars in just the NFC Championship incentive. Well, the Packers went to the NFC Championship last year and the Rams didn't. So, okay, let's set that aside. And by by the way, the, the reliable reporting suggests Odell Beckham always wanted to go to LA and that this scheme was hatched several years before when Sean McVay ran into OBJ at a nightclub and they were like, hey, wouldn't it be great to play together, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, this front office, was as keen on acquiring OBJ as the Rams were. And good for them, it helped. 
the Rams were the four seed. The four seed. They had to go play Tampa Bay. Imagine if instead of a banged up Cardinals team with no DeAndre Hopkins, the Rams had to play the 49ers in round one. If that game plays 10 times, how many times do the do the Rams lose? Probably more than once. They let the Buccaneers come all the way back. It took a late third down conversion to Cooper Cup and, and credit Matthew Stafford for doing it. But they were they were on the precipice of blowing that game. If the Buccaneers have Chris Godwin, have Antonio Brown, have healthy pass rush, does that game look any different? Probably. Not, does it mean that the Buccaneers win? No, but, but different. It still takes a lot of luck to win those games. It's It was not the Rams' plan to play a banged-up Cardinals team instead of the 49ers. It was not the Rams' plan to play a banged-up Buccaneers team instead of a fully healthy Buccaneers team like the Packers faced last year in the NFC Championship game, by the way, with Antonio Brown and with Chris Godwin and with a fully healthy offensive line and with a defense playing out of its freaking mind. Rams didn't do that. The Packers did not play well enough to win these games. This happened last year. They had a team good enough to win with superstar players. Their superstars got outplayed by the superstars of Tampa Bay. Zadaria Smith. No show last season. Aaron Jones, the worst game of his professional career. Aaron Rodgers, miss late and miss in the red zone with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams dropped a touchdown that could have been the difference. The superstars did not play well enough in that game. Tampa got a complete game. Their stars came to play. Divisional round, Aaron Rodgers didn't play well. Didn't play well. Period. Full stop. Didn't play well. Matt LaFleur. I thought he called a pretty good game, but there were some there were some times when I felt like he could have been a little more aggressive, played conservative in the second half. A lot of run, run, pass in the second half of that game script. No specials, nothing interesting, nothing unique, really. He's a superstar. For this team, you need your play caller to be a superstar if you want to win a Super Bowl as an offensive team, as an Aaron Rodgers-led team. That's what you need. They didn't get it. Defensively, they got everything they needed. Everything they needed. The defense played incredible football. This team was good enough to win a Super Bowl. They didn't win because they didn't play, they didn't play well enough in the one game. That was potentially their biggest problem. They would have been, they were five and a half, six points, six and a half point favorites against the 49ers. They probably would have been four and a half, five points against the Rams or the Bucks at home at Lambeau. And they would be five and a half, six point favorites against the Bengals right now. They were 
the best team. Las Vegas agreed they had the shortest odds going into the divisional round weekend. I looked this up. Shortest odds, futures odds for the Super Bowl. Vegas thought they were the favorite. And by the way, the Chiefs were second favorite. And this is a perfect illustration of why it is so dangerous to go all in. Because the Chiefs were the best team in the AFC. The Bills were the second best team in the AFC. You might get really unlucky if you're the Bills and wind up playing the Chiefs in the divisional round instead of the AFC championship game. You might get really lucky if you're the Bengals and not have to play either of those teams until the end because the Titans lucked into that one seed. I'm not undercutting what the Bengals are doing, but they got lucky not having to play the Bills and the Chiefs. The Rams got lucky because they didn't have to play the Bucks and the Packers, who were the two best teams in the NFC. It takes luck. Every year it takes luck. And the teams that win don't want to hear that it took luck for them to get there. They want to believe that it was all skill, that it was all them, it was all everything that they did, but it always takes luck. And so the Packers, let's go back to this process question, process versus outcome. It took immense financial shenanigans for the Packers to be in a position to go in 13 games again this season. It took restructuring Billy Turner and Adrian Amos and Mason Crosby and and David Bakhtiari and ultimately Aaron Rodgers. And it took reworking Preston Smith's deal just to get you back to even. And then they had essentially no money to do anything during the season because they went out and they got Devondre Campbell. Injuries forced them to go on and get a Whitney Merciless, by the way, an all-in move to get Russell Douglas, which turned out to be great. And and this is this is also where I I want to push back. Just because the Rams went out and got name players doesn't mean they got more impactful players. It is inarguable. Rasul Douglas made a bigger impact in the aggregate than Von Miller. Devondre Campbell made a bigger impact on the Packers defense in aggregate than Odell Beckham Jr. or Von Miller. And I don't know, you might you might be able to make the case that you could combine their impact and Devondre Campbell was more impactful on this team than either of those two guys. Maybe then, and if you take the combination of Douglas and Campbell, they were just, they were more impactful than those two guys combined. And in the playoffs, it didn't matter because the special teams just absolutely had diarrhea all over the sheets in the bed. And it is a a Kendall Roy Coke binge level diarrhea of the bed. That's what happened. That's what happened. If, If the special teams gaffes don't happen, the Packers are probably playing in two weeks in LA, but that's not what happened. But because the Packers were finalists for Odell Beckham and because Rodgers refused to throw to Josiah DeGuar and Alan Lazard and Equinemia St. Brown and Randall Cobb, guys that he ostensibly trusted. And by the way, if you watch the tape, guys that were open enough, enough. It was not 
a failure of process. The Packers put together the best team and they were constantly trying to make it better. Constantly trying to make it better. It just didn't matter in the biggest game because the special teams doomed them and the star players that they had, the star players that the the same star players, the Rams rely on. The Packers biggest star, Aaron Rodgers, did not rise to the moment. None of it matters if your quarterback is not going to play like a star. If you if you are a team predicated on your offense and your quarterback starring and your quarterback does not star and your defense plays great and you lose. How do you blame the structure of the team for that? This team has done everything they could to build a Super Bowl team. It's why it was so frustrating. And I hear your frustration. It's why it was so frustrating that they lost. Because this was the team to do it. And they couldn't. Or they didn't. Or both. In this case, it's both. All right, Rachel Hotmayer coming up after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for your playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next coach fired is going to land, BetOnline is your number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net has you basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, odds coverage. It's the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Joining me now, our friend Rachel Hotmayer from NBC 26 in Green Bay. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing swell. I still can't even believe it's the off season. I thought things would kind of oh. hit me, you know, on Championship Sunday, but. I don't know. It still feels like that wasn't my last trip to Lambeau this season. But unfortunately, next time we'll really be watching football. We'll be way out west from here. Yeah. Yeah. And and then months and months and months of a barren wasteland of a footballless world, which no one wants to consider. Let's do a thing that I'm sure a lot of my listeners do not want to do. And let's go back to the 49ers game. You mentioned your last trip to Lambeau. Mm-hmm. Ha. What what did you think the chances were when you walked into Lambeau that evening that it would be the last time you would be walking into Lambeau for the season? I was pretty split on it. My mentality was if the Packers can be the 49ers, I was confident they would beat the Bucks or the Rams of the teams that they were presented. But I wasn't sure if they were going to beat those 49ers. I don't know what it was, but a healthy Trent Williams, you know, Jimmy getting right at the right time. Is he the strongest arm? No, but does he know how to command that offense? Yes. Just something about it felt like a more daunting matchup than what lie ahead of them. And sure enough, that's what got them. Sure enough, I'm sure a lot of a lot of Packer fans were just like, oh, "Come on, the 49ers again? Do we have to do this?" And then, sure enough, that is that is in fact what they got. It's going to bring up a lot of questions coming up this off season for the Packers. Um, some of them relatively straightforward and easy to deal with. Some of them not so much. And they've already had to answer some questions with the, the coaching. Uh, turnover that they've had Nathaniel Hackett now in Denver, Luke Getze now in Chicago, and Adam Senevich 
is going to take over as the Packers offensive coordinator. How big a deal is this for the Packers offensively, do you think? Huge. I mean, a lot of movement movement will always, you know, stir up differences. And the key is, can they keep things consistent? Can they bring that level of success back next year? Just like they've had to do week by week with so many units. Take Steno's O-line, for example, you know, I mean, the, the brains and the blood, sweat and tears he had to put into keeping that line as consistently performing as possible with all of the injuries they were dealt to me all season. That was the most fragile unit. So Steno's always impressed me. If you're going to go Steno or Sten, yes, as you like to say, I'm Sten, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, he's an O-line genius. He also coordinated the run game last year where you saw Dylan and Jones put up some pretty incredible numbers, historic even. So I'm really excited to see the opportunity that's handed to him. The players love him on all sides of the ball. He's very well respected in that building. He's also a Wisconsinite from Marshfield. So it's pretty exciting to have, a Wisconsinite, you know, moving up the ranks in the green and gold. Yeah. A, a former Packers player briefly, very briefly. Um, and, and that's not something that, that I think fans are, are used to seeing. Can you give me some insight and, and certainly give our listeners some insight on what he was because he, you know, was not someone that we got to hear from a lot, but you know, th- there were times any insight that you have on on his personality in interacting with the media? Because unfortunately, he's been here mostly since COVID, which means Zoom pressers. Yeah, exactly. And that means everybody's access is limited. He's a very genuine, but also methodical guy. And that translates from the film room to in person. You know, he's always the type of guy who will take the time to ask your questions if you really want to get into schemes with him. But ultimately, you know, he takes his job and especially media availability very seriously. In my opinion, there are some people that have a little more fun with it. It's not like he doesn't have a smile on his face, but he knows he's up there you know, to be a face and to be a serious coach. But again, he's garnered nothing but respect from beat reporters. I, like I said, players on both sides of the ball love him. I think he he really is a genius. Uh, his Twitter bio will always make me laugh. Yeet enthusiast. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a, just assuming that <laughs> talks to, about how fun he is. Um, and, and it's awesome. I mean, people love Coach Steno. And, you know, David Bakhtiari, offering his support is probably really all the endorsement that that you need if you're a Packers fan on, on what that looks like. So now we face an offseason of question marks. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Rach, help me out. What, like what what is your gut say about what what 12 and 17 are going to be doing this time next year? It's really interesting because this time last year, you know, the Rodgers to Denver rumors were mostly unsubstantiated. Um, There there really wasn't any life to that, but that caught on like wildfire. This year with Hackett in place, it's a completely different story. You know, the relationship between Rodgers and Hackett, that is his guy, even though Getsy was QB coordinator and certainly played a big role in that. Hackett and Rodgers are really tight. Um, So that could play a huge role in things. And that might change the landscape of things he was even considering before. Um, I mean, heck, you get to play with Pat Sortain's kid. Like, that's not that bad either. Um, So that's a really interesting move. You know, Rodgers stuck around for a few extra days this year, but I don't know why everybody's leaping and screaming about that when he did the same thing last year. He didn't jut out of here either. He was around for a few days as well, wrapping up conversations. So I think that's just a sign of respect and work to be done. I don't know that that's anything to freak out about now compared to last year. Um, If the Packers do pull the franchise tag, I'm just really interested in how Devontae views that personally, because he's at the point where his career, where he's trying to pursue his maximum financial worth as he absolutely deserves to be the top paid receiver in this league. However, are you 
willing to settle for a franchise tag just to run it back one more year with your guy? Is that really what you're willing to put out there? And God forbid something bad happens to you. What if you miss that window? There's so many risks to consider that signing these contracts at your prime time, this is a really great time for Devante to eclipse his own worth. And I just worry for his sake, what that could mean if he's willing to sacrifice just to play with Aaron again. Uh, that's a, that's a good jumping off point for, for this question. And it's something that we tackled in, in the opening segment of the show. Um, the Packers to, to my eyes went a version of all in this season with all of the cat machinations that they had to go through just to get this team to even to go into free agency, to try and find the Devondre Campbell's of the world. Whereas the Rams made some splash moves. Um, do you, do you look at this team and, and say, they didn't do enough or it was a team that had enough. They didn't play well enough. I'm fully in the latter camp. They had enough. And even, you know, the, the bottom of the barrel signings that they made turned out to be pretty incredible star power when they needed it. So I do think this team had enough to make it to the Super Bowl. Would they have won on the biggest stage? I don't know, but I was pretty confident that they were going to get there based on not only what we saw in camp, but how they've grown and evolved every week since even in their lowest moments, there were still pathways that they grew in. There weren't too many games where all three phases of the ball were absolutely dog crap. Um, and you know what, once again, the defense does everything you could ever ask of them and the offense failed them ultimately in the needed, in the moment that they were needed the most, you put up 58 yards in the second half. It's an embarrassment to say the least. And the defense should be upset. Uh, listen, you are preaching to the choir on that one. Um, the shades of 2014, you were, you were not covering the Packers at that time, but that is very much what happened in that game as well. As you look at this team in the offseason, they have some decisions to make. Veteran players like Billy Turner, Adrian Amos, and others could be potentially on the move. Preston Smith, Sedarius Smith, recent uh, free agent acquisitions could either be extended or moved on from. So if you're going to make a list of guys mm -hmm. that's that you say, okay, the Packers, if they want to run this back, yeah. let's assume Rodgers and Adams are coming back. Yeah. Who do you prioritize? Whether it, you know, one, two, three, how, however many players you want to say, but who are you prioritizing to say, okay, if this team wants to, to compete again next year, they need to find a way mm -hmm. to hold on to these guys. It's really tough, right? Because they already put so much effort into preserving what they had in 2020 this year, you know? And I mean, you know, if Andrew Brandt was in charge of this, you can't keep pushing off this type of money, but that's not what we have anymore. So I think you need to hold on to Devondre Campbell. I think if you're comparing, you know, their two uh, surprising you know, free agent signings that happened in the season, if you're comparing Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas to me, the situation you have with the corners right now, with Jair coming back at supposedly full health at that time, especially when he's got a couple months of rest now, I think you can let that be in good hands. Let Rasul go get his free agent money now that he's had an incredible year with a handful of pick sixes and bring Devondre Campbell back because him and Chris Barnes could return for just another lockdown year inside. And there you have your secondary scored up. And I think that is a huge part to keeping this de defense consistently performing into next year, especially under Joe Barry. Keep that as consistent as possible. I think Preston Smith is a big part of that. I don't know that they're willing to risk the money on Zadarius again, given how long his back injury took. It seemed like Zadarius already said his goodbye on social media, um, albeit terse, but it just seems like mutually an understanding is parting ways. So otherwise, 
I think bringing Adrian Amos back could be good, but I also think he's kind of outpriced himself, you know, on the market and he might take that opportunity to go elsewhere. Um, and then you look at players like on the O-line where you have Dennis Kelly and Lucas Patrick, I would put Lucas Patrick. Now, Dennis Kelly was a lights out the last few games and the opportunities he had. However, I'm pretty sure he was borderline retirement before they brought him in. Anyway, I think you have other opportunities like Billy Turner to bring in players that have just been in the system longer. If you're looking to keep the same faces around, not that Kelly didn't have an impact, but I think Lucas Patrick and Billy Turner are more important at this point. Yeah, and I wonder what the 49ers game is going to do for the Packers view of of Dennis Kelly, because he did not play well in that game after, as you mentioned, playing really well uh, before that. As we head into this offseason, it's it's mock draft season already. I I did my first one way, way, way sooner than than I said I was going to. I was like, okay, I have to I have to I have to hold off. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to do one. And no, you're addicted. That's unhealthy. No, I know. I know. Listen, I know. Uh, but I did it. If we're looking, it doesn't have to be draft, but just, okay, this team could use this thing. What is that thing? Mm, This is tough because I think maybe the most convoluted answer. It's hard because they're a good team. Like let's, let's just like take that for a second. If they bring their guys back, this is still a really good team. Okay. Sorry. It's also tough. Like I'm probably the first to admit that maybe my most hot takes come during mock draft season. I'm not someone that likes to have hot takes, but I just think I analyze things differently. I've worked in professional sports capping and contracts before. So I just look at all this uh, maybe a little differently than your average couch quarterback. Maybe, maybe you are looking at it. (laughs) Maybe you are looking at a receiver up early unless they really want to go O-line. Um, but, you know, Green Bay has a habit of doing that. And now they've kind of got this backlog of, I don't want to say underdeveloped, but you got guys in your system that still need some more help to getting to the next level of Packers O-line. And Steno's doing a great job. But again, you got to focus on week to week who's starting, not just who's sitting in your practice squad. So, you know, I mean, I think tight end took a, a larger hit than anybody kind of wanted to admit this year. And I am not saying draft a tight end with your first round pick, but I think it's something to really consider early on, especially if you're continuously looking for tight ends that are both receivers and blockers, you know, a, a Tunyon Lewis hybrid, if you will. You know, I, I think you got to provide some more weapons for love or Rogers, whoever's under center. <laughs> Josiah DeGuara catching some strays inadvertently on that one. And he's growing a lot there too. But I mean, I just think, you know, who knows, is Mercedes Lewis coming back? Um, I mean, what was this year? 16, 17. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's got a lot. And I hear a lot of people saying, well, if Packers tight end coach leaves, just give big dog the keys. And how amazing would that be to see him be still in the tight end room in a different way? It would be great. Justin Outen is a, is a candidate in Denver for their offensive coordinator position. All right. We're going to transition this a little bit. Okay. You are from New England originally. Yep. There is this maybe unspoken rivalry between oh, okay. Packers fan and Patriots fans. Oh, do share. Because of the quarterbacks. Oh, I thought it was going to be who has the longer season ticket wait list. Well, that there's that too. Um, we don't have to, we're not going to argue about who's longer on this podcast. Um, the quarterback thing though is interesting to me because Packer fans, they, they take it personally when people talk about how great Tom Brady is. Hmm. And I have noticed some, some Patriots, at least media and fans take umbrage with the, the love fest for Aaron Rodgers talent. Sure. 
as someone who has now been on both sides of this. Yeah. Not, I, I don't want to, I don't want you to say who is better because that's like a silly thing to, to be doing at this point, but do you, I'll give my answer to that if you really do, want. well, if you want to, that's right, fine. You gotta pay for it. You gotta pay for it. But okay. We'll, we'll put on Patreon. <laughs> How do you view just like those two guys in orbit? Like, are, do you, are you, are you someone who wants to compare them? Or are you just like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Like when, when you hear me say that, what is yeah. your reaction to this quote unquote rivalry that I'm creating in my mind? Um, my stomach always twists a little bit in these combos <laughs> only because just like wins aren't a quarterback stat, like what would have happened with Tom Brady's career if he took Aaron Rodgers' path? You know, what like their teams were so different. And that's largely because Brady took a pay cut to pay the talent around him. Whereas far as we know, Rodgers has been unwilling to do that. Um, so there are personal choices and professional choices that both teams and players have taken to set up very different paths to many Super Bowls that were made or were not made. Um, so it, it it always kind of kills me because it's to me, yes, they play the same position. Yes. I think they have very comparable talents and, and careers and longevity and uh, legacies, if you will, just in terms of the power, obviously not the same story. However, I just think I'm someone who I, I hate comparing quarterbacks in general. I get why people love to do it. And it's an interesting debate, but situationally they could not be more different um, other than the fact that they're from California. So it's interesting um, to me. Uh, both of them also garner, you know, people in awe and, and homers, if you will, you know, there will be people in green Bay and people in new England on those beats that will, will always, you know, stand by that quarterback side because they're just infatuated with talent. Um, and, and sometimes it does make it hard to be critical of them. Sometimes they also have an undue amount of power over these things. So it's interesting. Um, you know, maybe the power that Rogers has wanted for so long in green Bay, having a seat at the table in terms of negotiables and player discussions is what Rogers is what Brady had the whole time with Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft and was just kind of unspoken before players like Mahomes and Russell Wilson put that out there. And even Kyler Murray is getting that type of treatment. So I think maybe even behind closed doors, they had very different experiences that shaped leadership styles and play on the field and ultimately what was around them. Next time you come on, I'm going to have you name names on homers on both beats. Please and thank you, Rachel. This was great. I appreciate it. Always love being here. All right, I want to thank Rachel for joining the show. Great to talk to her. It's been too long since we've had her on. And uh, she's got great insight. Um, I hope that that she is covering the Packers for, for many more years, though I, I suspect she will be on to bigger and better things very soon. Not that there's better things than covering the Packers, but, you know, she's career-wise, I'm sure she's just the, her stars. Straight up. We love Rachel. Thank you so much to her again for coming on. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers, which means you have access to Rock Auto at home or in your pocket, save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices always reliably low. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. 
and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. This is a a fun time of the offseason because we don't we don't really know what's happening yet. And so a lot of speculation, a lot of fun, and it's stressful because we're trying to figure out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and all this stuff. But now it's just sort of like, let's take a step back and relax for a second and just, okay, breathe. And then you move forward. And then you move forward. So we're going to keep doing that here on Locked on Packers. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.